Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. should know that I started and stopped, deleted, re-recorded this episode so many times because I have a whole bunch of like random mom topics I want to share and talk about, but I couldn't figure out what my heart was saying to talk about this week. And I recorded part of this episode talking about just like, um, you know, some pain I was going through, right? Um, emotionally. And I realized that posting that episode, we're talking about that, um, and I still may talk about that on some level on this episode, it just doesn't need to be the focus. So today I want to talk about something we as moms have a hard time doing, we as humans have a hard time doing, but it's 100% necessary, and it is letting go. been sitting with worry. And I mean, not just worry, anxiety, anxiety to the point where if Elliot wakes me up in the middle of the night, I'm not going back to sleep for at least three hours. Because after I nurse this baby and put him back to sleep, my mind's going to start racing on what I need to do tomorrow, what I need to do for the future, what I need to get done, how I've messed up today as a parent, how it just starts racing. And I've never been the type of person who couldn't sleep. Actually, that's not true. In college, there was a time where I had to take some sleep medicine, like a little z every now and then. But typically, since Elliot's been born, if he's out, I'm out. Like, I'm tired. And I, it's been this past um, this past month or so where if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm not going back to sleep because I'm so worried. And I think the biggest thing that I've been worried about is my kids. Um, you guys know a couple episodes ago, I talked about how because somebody didn't want to be my friend anymore, Mia lost her friends. And th- that was out of my control, right? Like I apologized if I had hurt her feelings. I had said, let's have a conversation to see. Cause I, I, I had a feeling that maybe our views weren't as different as she was thinking. Um, and regardless, this person decided to drop me and because they dropped me, they dropped Mia. And I thought, how could you do that to a child? Um, and anyway, so I've been living with this guilt, right? I've been living with this guilt for weeks over, and I talked to my husband and he said, look, you apologized. You sent a video. You were willing to come to the table and have a conversation. You did all you, you could to mend this friendship. You got to let this person go. You got to let whatever hurt or resentment or anger you have, and you got to let it go. And it's been hard for me to let it go because Ultimately, I'm not the only one who gets hurt in this process, right? Like Mia gets hurt in this process. And it can be so hard 
whether it is something that has gone on in your marriage or a family member that did you wrong, um, it can be hard to, to let go of those things, right? And what ends up happening is our peace in our current moment gets gets robbed. It's gone because we're so worried about something that happened in the past. And so I want to encourage us all to let go of what's going to happen in the future and let go of what happened in the past. And this can be especially hard if you are eight and a half months pregnant, waiting to go into labor, right? Praying to go into labor, ready to have a baby. I remember so clearly how miserable that last trimester is and how it sort of drags on. And I remember with Mia, I wasn't as bad with Elliot, but with Mia, every morning, once I hit like eight months, nine months, actually it was like 36 weeks. Once I hit 36 weeks, every morning that I woke up without my water breaking, without contractions, I would just cry. Now 36 is not even like, it's full time. It's full term. It's safe. Like that's when they consider it. Like yeah, they'll deliver you. Um, but like it wasn't even forty weeks, and I was just crying, right? Because I, when you're that pregnant, like you know there's an end, right? You just don't know what it's going to be, and it's kind of torture. Um, but it's also sort of a lesson in motherhood, and it's probably one of your first lessons in motherhood before you have this baby is that ultimately. You can prepare yourself the best you can. You can give yourself the best nutrients. Make sure you're getting enough sleep and exercise, right? You can set up the baby's room and make sure you have diapers and clothes and make sure you pack your hospital bag or have your birth situation set up for home or the birthing center. But beyond that, you don't really have any control of what happens next when labor begins, right? You can try to induce it. Um, depending on what's going on, you may have some luck. I tried really hard to induce Elliot. I had no luck. Um, I didn't try anything with oils or things because I feel like that's a little dangerous. But um, you, that first lesson of motherhood is that in the end, you have no control, right? You do your best and it will be fine. And you have to trust that it'll be fine. Because as somebody who has now given birth to two babies, I can tell you that I tried so hard to like give birth by a certain time or, you know, like I'm not, there's no way I'm going to go past 38 weeks. And then here I am on my due date. And then if my labor finally starts. Um, and I really shouldn't complain. I know some moms go to like 42 weeks and I'm sure that's even harder. But we have to let go of that control because then once those babies are born, let's say you want to breastfeed, right? A lot of women can do it and can do it successfully. I have breastfed both of my kids, but with Mia, she ended up needing to supplement. And in that instance, it didn't matter if it was breast milk or formula. What matters is that that baby is fed and that I'm healthy, she's healthy, and we're happy. And so that's another example of you can think this is the best course for my family, think this is what I'm going to do in parenthood, and then it may or may not work out that way. But in the end, your kid ends up being fine. Like there's nothing wrong with formula feeding your kid. And Mia was fine. I supplemented. I felt bad about it. I cried about it. I was like, I tried so hard. I pumped so much. That's life. And so in this season for me, I just want to remind us moms to let go. And we're going to talk a lot this episode about it. So 
let's keep on going on with this this idea of letting go. I was listening to a sermon um, today, and it was talking about how you really, sometimes you can only live minute by minute. Sometimes it's hour by hour. Sometimes it's day by day. But you can't carry the weight of tomorrow today, and you can't carry the weight of yesterday today. And I think that I have honestly cried every single day of this month. I, and probably even before then, I've cried every day. I have been overwhelmed with the amount of things that just need to get done from registering for preschool and picking out the perfect preschool and figuring out, okay, so Mia's going to preschool, but what about Elliot? And right now, you know, the preschool that I picked makes sense if I'm working from home, but if I'm not, then this preschool doesn't make sense. And trying to figure out all of these things. And it's a really hard season to be in when you can't necessarily know the future. Like if my job emailed me today and said, hey, in three months, we're going to work on phasing you back into the office, that would help my decision making, right? Because I would think, okay, so let me make pick a school that makes sense for, for Mia or let me prepare myself not to return. And back to work, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really stressed about what's going to happen. And... um. Ethan has been trying to comfort me so much with this because it's like, well, Elliot is still only breastfed. Like no matter how hard I try, he won't take a bottle. Um, I've gone out for four hours at a time and he will drink like half of an ounce of milk from a cup or a bottle, but that's nowhere near what he's drinking from me. Like he's not getting full off of that. Like he's a nine month old baby or almost nine month old baby. And so... I've just been worried about, well, okay, let's say that I have to leave him with my grandmother a couple times a week. How can I possibly do that for eight hours, nine hours? And so then I'm like panicking and worrying. And the hard part is I'm trying to set my kids up for success. So Mia needs to be comfortable going to the bathroom. Like she's half potty trained. She'll go. She really wants someone to go in there with her. You need to make sure that like her dress isn't going to get like wet when she pees and everything like that. She needs to be able to do that on her own. And so on that level, I know what I have to prepare her for, but I don't know how to prepare Elliot. And so I... um I've just been under such stress because all I care about is I don't think I'll emotionally be okay going back to work. I'm telling you right now, I won't. Um, I will collapse and fall on the floor and probably expire at the very moment. But um, I want Mia to be okay entering preschool. And I've just been reminded that, you know, the God who gave me these babies is the God who's going to watch over them through whatever season is ahead and the season that is in now. And so whatever situation may come up, like I'm praying for miracles. I'm praying for my chance. I'm praying. You guys know my journey, praying on it, working on it, chasing after it, believing it, and then believing for it and then crying out of fear and then fighting for faith. That's the thing they don't talk about so much in church, or at least when I've gone to church, I haven't found a church that wants to talk about like the ugly all the time. Sometimes they do, but I'm ta- I want to talk about like what it's really like to have faith. And for me, what it's really like is there are times where I am fueled up, right? There are times where nothing can stop me. 
anything can come in my face and I can block it. Um, I felt like that when Ethan lost his job. I felt like, bring it on universe. That's nothing. We got this. We'll figure it out. God's got us. And I don't know why here I am exactly a year later and, you know, everything with work and the kids in school. And I feel a lot shakier and it's, it's more of a fight for me. Like that faith came naturally last year. That faith came, you know, without falter, without, I mean, like I was concerned, but I, I wasn't too concerned. And so I think that it's just that it's been trial on trial, challenge on challenge. And with each challenge, you, you're supposed to level up, right? But I feel like sometimes I, I don't level up. Sometimes I'm still on level five and I should be a level six or whatever. And um, faith is kind of a tug of war thing. You know that how you always see that older woman or maybe this wiser woman who like never falters, right? And you talk to her maybe at church and she's always praying. She's always believing nothing could shake her. I'm, I hope to be her one day, but that's not my experience. My experience right now is I believe, I believe, I believe I'm strong. We've got this. We're great. We're brave. We're fine. And then all of a sudden it's like I'm slipping. I'm like, okay, God, I'm scared. Why are all of these things happening to me? Um, I'm trying really, really hard. Every day is a battle. And then there's days where it's like, I got it. And it's this push and pull, push and pull. And I think the important thing is that about faith, and I'm sure I've mentioned it before, is that faith is a choice. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a choice. It is not a feeling. Sometimes I feel like I don't have faith because I get scared or I don't have strong faith because I have doubts and I have fears. Faith is a choice. At least this is what I think. Not a feeling. Fear is a feeling, right? Fear is a reaction. Um, Sadness is a feeling, but faith is a decision. And I, so to have faith every day that life is going to be well and you are going to do good and all things work together for good and all of this, you have to decide that despite your feelings, despite your anxiety and despite your concern, you have to feel that you have to choose to say, this is hard. This sucks. I'm sad. I believe it's going to get better. I believe it's working together for good. I believe it. I am just sad. And then the more you like, you have to kind of fight for faith. And um, I'm in like a fight mode right now where my feelings are very everywhere right now. My feelings are, it's all going to be fine and I'm happy. And then, oh my gosh, I don't know. And I'm sad or, oh my gosh, I feel like my dreams are being ripped away from me and I'm sobbing. And then, oh my goodness, no, everything is great. I'm so thankful. Feelings fluctuate, right? But faith doesn't necessarily have to fluctuate because it's a decision. And so if you are on a faith journey to I don't know, open your own shop or to um, have another baby and you haven't been able to have a baby. Being sad or scared that you haven't been able to get pregnant, that isn't mean that you don't have faith. That's a feeling. Faith, like I say, is a choice. And so I just wanted to remind you guys of that. So back on this idea of letting go, right? With our kids, sometimes we have to let go. If you're like me, you are a control freak. 
I want a schedule. I want to know what we're doing, when we're doing it, how we're getting there, who's going to be there. I want to know what we're having for dinner for the week. I need to know these things. It's why I joked last episode, I think, I don't know, that I've already packed for a trip that's like like two weekends away. Why am I packed already? I know people who pack the day before and that blows my mind. The day before or the day of, you can do that. I think about my outfits and all the things I need for like weeks and weeks, if not like more than a month. Um, and honestly, those things make me happy. I realize things I have control make me happy, right? Like I like to organize. I like to lay out schedules. I like to plan things. Those things make me happy. I don't like when things are thrown at me. I don't like that at all. And so, of course, with life being the way that life operates, when things are get hard, I have to get on my knees and then I start crying and I'm like, what's going on? Like I had a plan. My plan's not working. Why isn't it working? I thought it was a good plan. And I, I blame all these things. We have to let go. And the thing is, sometimes with our kids, we are so on top of them about school. Maybe you are concerned because your child decided not to go to college this fall. Or we're so on top of them about career choices. We want you to be successful. Please just just make sure you study medicine when you go to school or study engineering or study this instead of saying, hey, pursue your passions. And honestly, college is so such a weird business right now. Like I have a degree and anyway, I don't know. We have to trust that for, I'm talking to my moms that have older kids now, that you have instilled in your kids enough knowledge, right, to do the right thing and enough wisdom to trust their guts and their instincts. My instincts are strong. My instincts are very strong. My instincts know when we're in the right place, when we're in the wrong place, when we should be doing something, when we shouldn't be doing it, the minute I make the decision, now, I'm not sure that my three-year-old has that down pack yet, but I know she knows what's a good decision, not a bad decision. She's playing this game with me lately where she goes, is this a good idea or a bad idea? And she'll do silly things. And some things are good ideas, right? She's like picking up her toys. Is this a good idea? She's jumping off the couch. Is this a bad idea? And it's her, it's a game she likes to play. But I like that she's like learning, you know, consequences and things and jumping off the couch isn't necessarily a bad idea. It's not that high. Um, there's a low probability of her getting hurt, but it becomes a bad idea if Elliot is sitting at, you know, on the floor right by the couch and you're going to jump and possibly hit him. And anyway, so back to this concept of letting go, I think about how I trust my spouse so much. I trust my husband so much. I have never had to feel like I needed to control, um, him or be on his phone or look through his Instagram or Snapchat. I've never felt that, um, because the way my husband loves me is very, very deeply. It's very much uh, like I don't want to brag, but I'm like his world. And so um, I've never had to like kind of control him in our relationship. And I think about how easy it is for me to let him go. Play, like I don't feel like I need to control him to the extent that he can't go hang out with his friends or he can't do this, he can't do that. Like I, I trust him. And why can't I trust God with the rest of my life? Like I trust my husband to be faithful and loving for me and my family. Like why, why can't I trust God that it's going to be good, that the work I do is going to be good, that I'm going to find success, that my kids are going to be happy and thriving, that I'm going to make meaningful friendships and relationships in the future. 
And so anyway, this has kind of turned into a sermon. I don't know why. Um, I think just because there's everyone always says like, go and like God. And it's cute, right? It sounds cute. It's like, you know, an alliteration or something. I don't know what it is. But it's so much harder to, to do to let go of, you know, if you're fighting a sickness, like to trust that you're going to get well, it's hard to let go of those fears. It's hard to let go of um, those anxieties. And anyway, we can only handle today's weight, right? And I saw it twice today. And that's how I knew God was like kind of talking to me. I was on my safari on my phone. So just like opened up safari to honestly go look at some swim trunks for our vacation for, for Elliot. And, um, right there, it was a message and it showed this man and he was holding all of these balls. Right. And he was saying like, okay, here is everyone's opinions of me. And here is, um, my career. He's holding his career and here's, you know, our house that we're trying to purchase. And here is my kid's college fund. And here is, and he's holding all these things. And then he's like, okay, my hands are full, right? The opinions of his family, his hands are completely full. And he's like, okay, now I need to tackle today's problems. There's no room. His arms are full. There's no way he can handle, you know, today we need to deal with today. I I need to go to the dentist. I need to make a phone call for my mom. I need to, I can't handle that if I'm dealing with all of this. Or maybe if you're working on a project or an entrepreneurship or a business and you're holding onto people's opinions of you, or maybe you are married to a person or deciding to have kids or like whatever. And you think you're holding all of these things. You will never be able to deal with today's tasks and challenges if you're holding on to tomorrow's worries or yesterday's problems. Sometimes we think, oh, nothing good ever happens to me. Because remember that happened to me. And that sucked. Remember that time David cheated on me. Remember that time where I had a great career and Trisha sabotaged me. Nothing good ever happens. Everything I love gets taken from me. When you have that attitude, of course everything seems negative. There's power in perspective. And I just want you to know like, Yes, maybe tomorrow your kid has to go to soccer practice. You have to go to a dentist appointment. You have a meeting at 4 p.m. and you want to get to Bible study by 6. Maybe tomorrow has a lot of things going on. You're not supposed to be consumed with it today. Today, you need to focus on today's tasks. What needs to get done in your life today? And on top of all of this, Carve out time for yourself. 30 minutes alone can change your whole attitude if you're a mom. I told you guys maybe one or two episodes ago, um, it was a long work day. I had made dinner. I had done all the things. And Ethan said, just go upstairs and eat. I've never done this before in my life. I don't eat it in my bedroom. Nobody eats upstairs. That's weird. Like we don't snack up there. We snack on our main floor. And um, he said, no, you need a break go upstairs and eat. And it was the first time I really had a meal where I wasn't feeding another kid, getting up to get juice, um, you know, trying to stop Elliot from spilling something. And I had a minute to like sit down and watch 30 minutes of one of my favorite shows I've seen before. And it just was relief. And then as soon as I was done, I was like, hey, I'm done. He's like, okay, go take a couple more minutes. And the kids are fine. And so I did that. And then when it came time to do our bedtime routine, I was fine. 
because I had needed that time. I needed a break. I needed time to breathe. And we are so we are much better moms when we take that time. It is so hard. I know it's so hard to leave your baby and go to the nail salon and not check your phone the whole time and worry. It's so hard to put the phone down and not think about it. But it's so important for your mental health. The other thing that I did or started doing was, um, except for last night. Last night, we all ate as a family and it was nice. For once, typically, um, everyone is eating and I'm trying to feed Elliot and then I get a chance to eat if I'm doing something like that. But something I did start doing was um, feeding the kids first, right? Like I'll still be at the table with you guys. I'll still chat with you guys while you're having dinner. Um, But I'm not going to eat until you guys are fed and full so that when I sit down to have my food, you're not really messing with me. You're playing because you're not hungry. And now I have time to chat with my husband and we can eat our meals. Um, the, if you can even reserve that time till after they go to bed, I bet that's even more precious. I just can't because I can't eat dinner that late. Um, if Ethan, I mean, if my kids went to bed earlier, it potentially, um, but that works out really well just to have some time to like eat by yourself. As a mom, there's so many things we take for granted. So many things that you just don't think about before you become a mom. Like being able to walk out the door whenever you want and go wherever you want. Go pick up some milk from the store without it being a hassle. Um, And even just the ability to sit down and eat without noise, without somebody touching you or asking you for something or whining or having to reheat your food six times because it keeps getting cold. So you just end up eating cold food. Motherhood is unlike anything that you could experience. And I just laugh because fatherhood is so different. Fatherhood carries its own weights and its own struggles. There's a lot of things that go into being a dad that I'm sure are hard, but they're not mom hard. Mom hard is next level hard. And um, even even just like not wanting to be touched for a minute, right? Like you sit down, your kid's finally off your lap. You have heard mommy, mommy, mommy. They're tapping your shoulder all day. Your baby's been on your boob. You've been bouncing and trying to do dishes at the same time. Motherhood is like constant multitasking. And then your husband comes home and he wants to cuddle and, you know, do manly, you know, romantic things. And you're like, babe, I love you, but please don't touch me. Please. Can I have 30 minutes where nobody is touching me? 30 minutes where nobody is saying, mommy, can I have that? And then I guarantee I'll be good to go. I'll be ready to tackle whatever I need to tackle. But 30 minutes is needed. And um, it's just so interesting, the, the journey of motherhood and all of everything. All right, mamas, I want you to treat yourself this week. Have a mommy week. This is like completely off topic. Sometimes it's okay to spoil yourself. And I mean, like, order your favorite lunch and pick it up or have it delivered by DoorDash um, once this week. This is like your self-care week. I know it's Thursday, but you could do this next on starting Monday or you could do it Thursday to Thursday. Order your favorite meal. Eat it. Don't share it. Don't worry about getting your kids something from that restaurant. They are fine with the dino nuggets in your freezer. Eat your favorite meal. Take a long bath or shower. 
And when you get out, do a full skincare routine. And if you do this already, good for you. But like sometimes, sometimes I only have time for like um, my face wa- face wash and moisturizer or my serum. But I'm talking about I want to do a face mask. I want to do a lip mask. I want to put those little patches that go under your eyes. I want to put those on and just feel flawless in a robe. Buy yourself something cute or comfy. Yeah. Doesn't have to go be for any reason. Buy yourself something cute or comfy. And then I said it doesn't have to be for a reason. I just I changed my mind. And then designate a time to wear it in the upcoming days following your purchase. So if you buy something cute, decide I'm going to wear this cute outfit and invite a couple of friends over and watch a movie. Or I'm going to go out to dinner with my spouse or I'm going to wear it to church because I never feel cute at church or wherever you want to go. I'm going to wear it to the grocery store and go to Starbucks and feel myself, right? Or on the flip side, if you're always out, buy yourself something comfy, a new robe, the com- the best pajama pants you can find, right? Super cute slippers, And then make your favorite snack, your ideal snack, not a snack you have in your pantry. I'm talking about make your spouse go to the grocery store and get your favorite snack and watch your favorite movie. So here's what I've told you to do so far. Let's see if I can even remember. Get your favorite meal. Don't share it with anyone else. Don't worry about buying food for anyone else. This is for you to have your favorite meal. I already forgot everything else I said. Buy something cute or comfy and then designate a time to wear it. Get your favorite snack. Make your spouse get your favorite snack and watch your favorite movie. For me, I love charcuterie boards. I also love like buffalo chicken dip. Things like my husband doesn't like either of those things. I'm going to get that and I'm going to watch my favorite movie late at night on Friday and not worry about anyone else. Get outside by yourself for five minutes. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it's really hard if you have kids and you're at home all the time. Get outside by yourself for five minutes. There's something really healing about the sun and vitamin D and being able to sit and breathe it in and look outside without worrying about a kid falling down the stairs or eating bugs or grass or blowing bubbles and playing with chalk or whatever. Five minutes by yourself, breathe. And lastly, Reach out to somebody and schedule a date. And I mean, it could be your mom. It could be your sister. It could be your mother-in-law. It could be your husband if you want it to be. It could be um, a, a fellow mom that went that's kid went to preschool with yours. It could be a woman from church that you think you might connect with. It could be anybody. Send them a message on Facebook, on Instagram, via text, however you know them, or if it's your mom, obviously you can call them, and schedule a date so that you can have some adult conversation. And that's what we're doing this week, mamas. We are having a Pamper Me Princess Week just because life is hard. And a lot of times we give our all to our kids, especially in the summer. I've realized that every time I take off, it's to take the kids to do something. It's never because I want to do something. It's because, okay, I want to take Mia to a play date or I want to take Mia to the pool. I want to take Mia to do this. It's always for the kids. Take some time for yourself. I'm not saying you have to take a day off work if you can't, but I'm saying that you need to get your favorite meal, share it with nobody. Don't worry about anyone else. 
Um, you can feed your kids whatever's in the house and you're allowed to eat your Chipotle, your Olive Garden, your Chick-fil-A, your whatever is your favorite meal. Order it from your favorite restaurant. It can be from like a, for me, I love um, local small town restaurants. I'm going to order something from there. Two, I'm picking out an outfit. It can be cute or comfy. Designate a time to wear it. Three, I want you to reach out to um, somebody and make plans. Four, get your favorite snack. You might want to do this like Friday night, Thursday night. Um, well, I guess that would be tonight. Get your favorite snack and watch your favorite movie, specifically after the kids go to bed because then you don't have to worry about them. Or it could be while they're awake if you get them their own little snacks. You can make it like a, a cute little popcorn box for the kids and then get buffalo chicken dip or a charcuterie board with like olives and cheese. Like I just want jam, y'all. I love that stuff. And sit and watch a movie. It could be like a quiche. Who cares what time of day it is? I could eat quiche anytime. Like, and then do that. Have a little glass of wine and then take a long bath or shower and do good skincare. For one day. That's five things. So you're not even seven things. I could have given you seven things. Five things to do to take care of yourself this week. Because you deserve it. You work hard. You work really hard. I may have mentioned this before, but, or maybe I even mentioned it already on this podcast. I hope I didn't. But, because then I have to edit this part out. But I think it's important to designate times to get out the house if you are a work-from-home mom or a stay-at-home mom. And even if you're a working mom, I found that when I was a working mom, I would pick up Mia and we would be on the go. Like, we're hitting the park. We're hitting the nature center. We're hitting mostly the park. Um, We're hitting up Chick-fil-A or Panera. We're going to get out the house and do something cute and special because I've been gone all day. With Elliot, I'm here all day. And so it's actually harder for me to get out because you know at the end of the day after working it's really different getting two kids dressed and ready and out the door than it is getting like one kid and going and Elliot thank the Lord is at a really fun age he is pulling to stand he's almost nine months and this is a fun age because if you go to a restaurant he can just eat some of whatever I'm eating and um, I still have to pack a diaper bag, but one, because I'm breastfeeding, I never have to pack a bottle. I can throw some puffs in there for a snack or like some applesauce or something. But for the most part, if whatever I'm eating, he can eat. And so that's exciting. And it's I'm at the point where it's fun to take the kids out because Elliot's not a little baby who's just going to cry the whole time. Or his nap schedule is he naps two times a day now consistently around the same time so I know when we're going out which naps I can push and sometimes I can push the nap back a little bit um if he gets really tired he will just fall asleep so anyway I was going to say if you no matter what just make some plans to get out with your family you know once this week if your life is super busy crazy chaotic um Something that I'm trying to do with my family now is to do a before bedtime walk, right? We have a track right next to our house. It's literally basically our backyard. And we have like a neighborhood with sidewalks and things. And so I read somewhere that studies show that kids who get outside before bed sleep better. And I know that I personally feel better after getting some fresh air every day. I think it's a great way to end the day. 
um, is just to take a family walk if it's not like raining or like disgusting out if we've already bathed, you know, at least three to five times a week. I really want to do it as much as possible. Uh, I do typically after work get the kids to do something. I'm good about, you know, we have a, you know, decent sized backyard with water table and baby pools and water balloons and sprinklers. And so in the summer, it's easy to just throw on some bathing suits or even just like some shorts. And I don't care if you get them wet. That's what we did yesterday. I didn't even change their clothes because they had already gotten messy from lunch. I was like, whatever, you can play at the water table. And if you get wet, we'll change you when you're done. Because that fresh air, that vitamin D is so important and you don't realize how important it is until you get outside and you're like, wow, I feel so much better today. I wonder why. It's because you breathe fresh air. Um, And if you are struggling with depression, I know the hardest thing is to get dressed. So even like getting out the door is hard. Um, But on a day that you find the strength to do it, I just encourage you to, to do it and to set tiny goals. That's the other thing. If you're struggling with something Or if you are um, wanting to live a little bit better, start small. Because those small decisions really do add up. And I think a lot of times, you know, I'm I'm guilty of this. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do ab work seven days a week. 300 ab reps. Let's go. And if (laughs) I haven't worked out since before babies. So 300 reps. Yes, I could do it. But do I need to be doing 300 reps, you know, seven days a week? No, I I should feel good about doing the 50 or the 25 crunch. Well, I don't even do crunches because I don't really believe in crunches anymore. Um, But the, the, um, I do do like floor ab work and standing ab work and stuff. But besides that, I will go hard on a goal and I'll be like, you know what? I'm not going to eat any carbs this week. Well, obviously I'm going to fail. Or I want to get outside every single day. And then I have a really bad day and I'm melting down and I just can't muster up the strength to get all the kids dressed and find shoes and sunscreen and get out the door. I think if you just say, hey, today I want to go for a five-minute walk. Start small. Today I want to drink more water than I drink drank yesterday. Like you can start small. And those little goals add up. I also want to encourage you to start waking up earlier, um, it's a lot easier to do it now. So if you're somebody who's been wanting to have some some you time or you you want to get some things done, if you can get up like 10 minutes, even just 10 minutes before the kids and set your mind frame up, it'll help. And the reason why I say it's easier to do it now is because it's summer. So the sun's up at like 5.30, 6 o'clock or something like that. Because I typically get up anywhere between 6 and 6.45, depending on the day. And the sun is always up. So now's the time if you are not an early riser and you think, man, if I could just get up a little bit earlier, I could take a walk or I could have coffee alone. For sure, um, now's the time to do it. Don't wait till we're hitting fall and now we're going to fall back and it gets dark at 4 o'clock p.m. Like you're not going to want to wake up tomorrow morning. So that's just some advice. It's it's okay to start small because those little things add up. You drink, you know, you usually drink three bottles, three bottles, three, three glasses or three cans of Diet Coke. And today you say, I I need to cut back. Um, I'm going to drink a glass of water instead. 
And the other thing I've said before that's helped me with my house, even though my house still ends up being a mess, is setting the timers. I'm going to keep reminding you guys about the timer method. And I started saying this thing from this girl I saw on TikTok, don't put it down, put it away. And it really, really helps. If I pick up a toy, instead of just moving it from one spot to the other, let me put it where it goes. And if I pick up like anything in the house, let me, let me put it where it goes. And that really goes a long, long way. I don't know if this is common in, in your church or if you go to church, but there's this thing that's called like a praise report. And so typically church or prayer groups or people who get together, if there's an issue or something that they've been praying on or working on and good things come by, they have a praise report. So if you have anything you just want to shout out for or um, you've overcome as a parent, I'd love for you guys to share it with me and I'll share it on the podcast with your permission. But my praise report is that Mia is super smart and we figured out her preschool for the most part. And um, she just says sentences that I'm impressed by. So like she's still two years old. She is almost three. And maybe this isn't that big of a deal. Um, So like this morning she woke up. And I was holding Elliot, so she was in her bed, and she wanted me to carry her down the stairs. And I said, well, I'm holding Elliot. Can you walk? And she says, well, you can hold Elliot with your first hand, and I can. you can hold me in your second hand. And I thought that was such a good second. I mean, that was such a good sentence. Like she said, like, first and second, and she understood what first meant and second meant. Um so I think she's ready for preschool. I think she's super smart. Instead of saying, hold me too, she like identified first and second. So I was proud of that. So that's my little praise report. And as I'm talking about praise reports, I wanted to say like, give yourself credit as a parent. And are there any small things that make you feel good as a parent, right? So like Mia saying first and second made me feel really good. Something that I love, I love about being a mom or I love when I do is when after I go grocery shopping and our snacks are restocked. So like, I'm sure every household's like this where you do like a pretty decent grocery buy and you buy like everything you need, like meat for the week or um, for the next couple weeks and produce and snacks and dry goods and, and everything. And then as the month goes on, you no longer have a certain snack, but you're not going to go buy that snack because it's the only thing that you don't really it's the only thing that's kind of missing from your pantry. And so like Mia likes mini muffins and she likes granola bars and she likes, um, all the kids stuff, goldfish, applesauce, uh, fruit snacks, you know, you heard that I said, said applesauce and, um, granola bars though. So that's healthy. She likes mini muffins. She likes all these things. And, um, you know, she'll eat all of, and she loves popcorn. So she'll eat all the popcorn right away. So I always have to buy like a good amount of popcorn and then, um, she'll eat like whatever. So anyway, one of my favorite things as a mom is when I do that big grocery buy at the beginning of the month, typically, or maybe like the second week of the month. And I get like, we restock on snacks. I love it because typically, typically like I'll grocery shop while she's napping and then I'll put the snacks away and everything. And then when she wakes up, I actually organize my pantry with all these little organizers. So her snacks are on the second shelf in little baskets right in the front. And they're all, when I shop for snacks, 
oh, this is a whole side tangent. Um, I'll talk about it in a minute. So she's able to grab her snacks and I just love how excited she is to eat snacks. It just makes me feel really good when my kids are excited to eat things or just to have things and it's just like little things that make them happy. So that's one thing. Lastly, um, side tangent. I was going to say that I will always pay for convenience. And I was reading something, and I think I might have mentioned it at the time that I read it. It was probably a month or so ago, if not longer, where um, you should allow yourself to have the ADHD tax or the OCD tax or whatever kind of tax on your life. And what does that mean? And I don't say I don't have ADHD and I don't have OCD, but I say that I allow myself to have the convenience tax. So it's cheaper to buy, for instance, a bag of goldfish than to buy individually packaged goldfish. But what what inevitably happens is that we never eat all of the goldfish, right? Some of them go stale. Same with a lot of snacks. And so even though it's more expensive to buy buy things a certain way, um, like to buy the big box instead of the individual packs, I will always buy the individual packs for convenience. And I know that I could like baggy up individual snacks and all that. I don't have time. And I think that as a parent, Sometimes you want to be the best at everything. Like I want to be really good at saving money when I grocery shop and I want to have really healthy snacks and I want to be the best at carpool or I don't know. My brain's not working. I think it's okay to like give yourself the tax or like even though it's more expensive, in the end you save money because you're not throwing away. Instead of me throwing away half a bag of goldfish, we eat all of the packages of goldfish. So maybe it costs me $1.59 more to buy the individual packs, but we ate them all. So anyway, that's just kind of how I look at grocery shopping <sighs> because, you know, as moms are always trying to save money, but sometimes it's okay to pay for the convenience if it saves you somewhere else. The other thing I heard, speaking about money, this is a whole bunch of random stuff, sorry, um, is... Okay, two things. I've My mom has been listening to um, somebody speak about budgets, so she's been sharing tips with me. But I also follow somebody who is really good about budgeting, and they said, um, if it's important to you, it's okay to buy it, right? So sometimes we buy things that like we don't necessarily need or want. Think about like how, as mamas say, you you don't go to Target with a list. You buy what calls to you, right? Well, a lot of times I go to Target, not so much recently, and I pick up like random weird little things. And it's not a bad thing, but it's like, yeah, I spent 50, 60 bucks on some things that I didn't need, um, but caught my eye when I could have spent or applied that $60 towards a bigger purchase for something that I really want or really like in my house. And Anyway, so the tip that this this financial person was saying is that it ultimately it doesn't matter what you're spending your money on. Like some people are like really, really, really try to cut back on groceries or really, really try to cut back on I don't know clothing. That's something as long as it's important to you. So I don't know if that helps anybody. I don't know if that makes sense. It just like randomly came into my head um, from what I remembered, and I would like to do a, a episode on budgeting. Um, 
but with somebody who's good at it because maybe I'm not the best person and to have a real dialogue about that. But I think that's it for this episode for this week. I think it was a little bit preachy maybe, um, but I just want to remind you all to take care of yourselves that no problem is too small. Everything is hard as a mom, but you're rocking it out. You're amazing. Your kids were meant for you. And even on the days where you want to just stay in your pajamas and you've cried 15 times, you're still a good mom. And I think that's okay. I know that I have cried on and off a lot. And Mia is so empathetic and sympathetic. And she knows it's okay to cry. She always hugs me. Um, If she sees me cry, she wipes my tears. And I think it's the sweetest thing in the world. Because empathy is just like something you... We really need to make sure the next generation has. Obviously, I don't want her to cry over everything in life, but I want her to know it's okay to be upset about something and to release that emotion and keep it moving. So anyway, it's Thursday. Have a great rest of your week. Don't forget to do your self-care things. Again, you are getting outside for five minutes by yourself. You are eating a meal, your favorite meal, just for you. You are taking either a long bath or a long shower and doing some serious skincare. You're purchasing either a new comfy outfit or a new really cute outfit, and you are scheduling time to wear it. And then you are making time to have your favorite snack and watch your favorite movie sometime within the next seven days. So I love you all. Um, Stay cool out there. It's pretty hot where I live at. In fact, we're about to go sit in the sprinklers because I don't feel like getting in the baby pool because I don't know about you guys, but with baby pools, I always have to like scoop out the bugs and that's kind of gross. I know like the little gnats or whatever. And I just don't feel like doing that today. So we'll do that tomorrow. I'm going to drain the pool, rinse it out, refill it up for the weekend. And That's all I got. Don't forget to give me a rating in Apple on Apple Podcasts and make sure you are following. Make sure you're subscribed on either Apple Podcasts or if you um, listen on Spotify, it's on Spotify. You can also um, pretty much find me wherever you listen to podcasts. I do have an Instagram. It's at Christian Mom Uncensored. And as I've been saying and hinting at for the past month, some cool stuff is coming very, very soon. As always, I love you all. Send me DMs, send me comments, reach out to me. I love to connect with other mamas and I am looking to have some people on the podcast. So if you have a story you want to share, um, something you want to talk about, you want to talk about discipline, you want to talk about your birth story, you want to talk about marriage and you want to do it on the air, hit me up. All right. I will talk to you all soon. Bye.